Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> <laughs> I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and Evita Newsies. Suzical, Easter Parade, Man of La Mancha, Brigadoon, Lil Abner, Escape to Margaritaville. Ensemble. Yes. <laughs> Work. Now, joining us today are the usual ensembles, including, well, Kevin, not here right now, Jager, uh, Kimberly. <laughs> Kimberly, um, our uh, put on your Sunday clothes game mask, an unofficial babysitter for the hour. Sure, that's me. And with us today are a hammy and uh, uh, ex hammy. We didn't come up with anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, vote for what you want her name to be now, I guess. That seems like a bad idea. Let's give a big Broadway welcome to friends of the show. Friends of the show. Of the show. Aaron J. Albano, Nikisha Williams. Woo! It's yeah, like we never left. It's like yeah. we never left. Like. Um, cool. So today we are talking about the new film ensemble. Um, uh, but before we get into that, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Nikisha, what are you drinking? So because I am an ex hammy now, I got a lot of farewell bottles and I am drinking one of them, which is a Jack Daniels honey on ice. Love it. Um, uh, Aaron, what are you drinking? I am still working on my favorite, Pinot Noir. You gotta love 
Aaron and his consistency with his um, red wine. Although <laughs> my um, aerator is over on the counter, so I'll maybe aerate before we leave. Beautiful. Mm. Uh, and Kimberly, what are you drinking? I believe it's also Pinot Noir, and I found out the name. It's called Uppercut. Cool. It's my favorite. My favorite yeah. move. Oh, yeah? Oh. Delicious. Absolutely. Boxing, the good old uppercut. <laughs> um, also, oh, I was thinking of, <laughs> never mind. Um, uh, and I'm, uh, uh, I'm just finishing my tequila, so this will be fun. Yeah, that looks Woo. quite done. Beautiful. Um, so, um, you know what? I'm going to let Aaron talk a little bit about the movie that we're watching, uh, that we watched, and, and where you can find it and, and why we're talking about it. Oh no, on the spot. Okay. Hi everybody. Um, well, we watched this film called Ensemble. It is on Broadway on demand right now. So you can go and uh, rent it if you haven't already. It's for $9.99 for a two day, uh, 48 hour rental. Um, it is well worth it. It is less, less the price. No, it is less money than the price of um, a movie ticket in the theater. Uh, so you can uh, grab it there. Um, it is a film that uh, myself, uh, friend of the show Telly Leung, friend of the show Mo Brady, and Joey Monda um, produced over the pandemic, um, directed by friend of the show Peter, Pierre Murray. Have you guys had him yet? We have not. No. We, you will soon. Well, I'll okay. make that happen. Okay, great. Um, directed by Pierre, Pierre Murray, we, uh, we, uh, we had 13 of today's current Broadway dancers uh, gather at the year anniversary of the Broadway shutdown. So that would have been around in March of 2021. Uh, that was, this was before um, vaccines were available. That was before Broadway had a return date. All of these things were sort of in the air and we had no sort of idea what was going on with our industry. We decided to um, hold a dance class and then a conversation with all of us six feet apart um, in Open Jar Studios and to just sort of talk about the business. We uh, had cameras in there so we could capture it and we talked for about five to six hours. And this film was sort of the culmination of that um, conversation. It is a uh, less than an hour. It is 50 minutes. Um, and you should watch it if you can. Um, and that is the most concise I've ever talked about this film. Thank you, Pinot Noir. <laughs> Yay. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, yeah. So we all watched it. You should all watch it. Uh, and so let's kind of go around the horn, uh, high level thoughts, um, your, you know, if you have any or all relationships with it, what those are like. So, um, I guess I'll skip Aaron cause he's obviously very proud of what he did and we're very proud of him. Um, yeah. uh, so, uh, Kimberly, let's start with you. I mean, I have watched this film. I've now talked to Aaron about it at length on the Broadway baby podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, having to revisit some of those conversations now, like a few weeks removed from my first viewing. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, we talked about it at the time. I think it brings up a lot of interesting conversations as you're watching it. It's like a very timely moment to think about um, if these conversations were happening again, now one year even past when it was recorded, um, just sort of to remember everyone's mindset from the desolate times, <laughs> as it were, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, from, from the great sadness and... <laughs> Um, just coming back to it a year later, just, I don't know, getting back into that mindset is sure. interesting. And I think very important. And we're all very proud of you. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. 
And now I've had like as much wine as you had while you were recording it. And I'm just like, and now let's talk. <laughs> there was definitely a shot where I think I have like two bottles of wine next to me. I zoomed in cloth. and sent you that picture. I was just like, oh, Brad wasted? Because there was like two bottles of red wine open right next to you. Oh, there's and definitely I was like, a I lot. know you weren't sharing. I know a you A lot of documentation. Well, because we also, it was COVID time. So we had to buy individual Ooh. bottles for everybody. And mm. because I bought the bottles, I was I knew like in one of the breaks, I was like, anybody want more? Because I'm gonna go get more. So great. Um, yeah, I think I had, and I think uh I think the Guzman brothers brought some white claws. So mm. we all and and some people brought like it, it, it was a good night. And we encourage people to bring what well, whatever whatever would make them comfortable. So I think there's definitely a, a peak moment where I had like two bottles of wine and a white claw. And I'm holding a water bottle. I think that was how you can tell when it was the end of the night. Yeah, <laughs> Love it. Uh, Nikisha. Yeah. So I just remember being with Aaron uh, or just in conversations with him as this was developing, as he was doing this. And it's just so awesome to see the final product because I've also seen some of the earlier iterations of this movie. And I think that what he, what his team has landed on is something that is so beautifully made. And like Kimberly said, brings up a lot of amazing conversations. And uh, the first official screening that Aaron put on with the cast, it was wonderful to see other people's reaction to what was happening. And also just for me to see the final cut of it, but I watched it again right before we uh, did this podcast and I still felt all of the same emotions as I did the first time watching it. And I think that just speaks to the piece itself because it's just so moving and inspiring to, as someone who considers herself still very green in the industry, to really hear conversations of people who have been in it for years slash decades and their opinions of things and how things are run and now me experiencing some of those things that they're having the conversation that they are having conversations about. It's just nice to have that kind of connection and think, Oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. These are the, these are things that are happening in our industry. And these are people who have been going through this for, for so long. And it's, it's awesome to see how they've kind of navigated through it. And uh, yeah, I think it's beautifully made. I love the cinematography of it. I love the uh, things that people present about it. And the honesty that is there because I don't think we get the opportunity to be honest a lot of the times because we're always thinking about our jobs and it's Mm. nice to with everything being shut down and we didn't have, you know, really any jobs. So it's kind of free reign to say what you feel. I think it's something that we need to continue to have conversations about because it's things that are important for our industry to thrive and not just kind of crumble under a rock. Uh, So yeah, it was wonderful. It's great. Yeah. I think this movie is really fascinating because I think first off we, there is not enough content out there about ensembles in general. Um, it's always about the stars. It's always about who replaced who. It's always about why you're going to buy tickets for this. There's no ensemble Tony. Tonys are kind of, except for in the performances, to- the ensembles are pretty much um, totally 
uh, forgotten, ignored, interchangeable. They're not people. They're a mass that back up Hugh Jackman, you know, all that stuff. Uh, again, me saying Hugh Jackman is just to uh, illuminate like stars on Broadway, not not to say that he is anything other than but a generous, kind person. Um, but like, um, not that I know him, but I assume that to be the case based Your on how... Your close personal friend, Hugh but, Jackman. Hugh He's Jackman. on next week's episode. Stay tuned. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Friend you, of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the last thing we talk about is probably be like, so what was it like playing Wolverine? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I really like The Prestige. Did you have fun making that movie? Um, <laughs> Like anyway, um, so I think it's Kate and Leopold. Thank you. Oh, we'll only talk about Kate and Leopold. Like, did you know how uh, elevators worked before making that film? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Kimberly nailed it. We would only talk about Kate and Leopold. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So my, I mean, I, I will, I love whether it's Mo's, uh, what Mo is doing. Obviously, this is included in that. But like what you and Mo did when you were on the podcast with him for a while, like. I love that ensemble stuff because it really puts a light on the things that make Broadway really work. And, 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 um, and I thought what was interesting about this was to hear about the business from the ensemble side. Um, I feel like that's something we don't get ever, even if we get ensemble people like, and all the documentaries. Yeah, sure. But they multiple ensemble members talking to each other. Like even on ensemble, like you hear them getting interviewed or if someone's on our podcast, it's mostly an ensemble member. Like, we can talk to them about their experience, but we don't, we can't necessarily relate to that experience. And so Mm. having a group of people who all have gone through something, not a lot of people are a part of Mm -hmm. for an extended amount of time was just an interesting perspective to have across the board uh, in a conversation. Totally. That's a really good point. And, And I also, this is going to sound weird in a way, but like, this is also a period piece and not weird at all. Absolutely. Like when I think of, you know, I, I think of a chorus line, obviously uh, in terms of like, that is very much a period piece, you know, exactly like it's done as a period piece. Like things are very different from the way that people audition, but the emotion is still there. You can still connect directly to those characters mm-hmm. like that. I think this movie is going to age really well because you made sure it was about this specific time obviously that's the point of it i get that it wasn't an accident um but i think that like what kimberly said like thinking about this a year out maybe maybe having a follow-up or like just that kind of thing is fascinating because this is an ongoing conversation that the pandemic really brought out at least on broadway twitter and broadway social media um and be and and elevating it to a level of a movie and i like nikisha saw some of the earlier cuts of this movie (laughs) and like i thought the editing in this final cut was very pithy you got right to the point of things um i'd love to see like any extended version or, or deleted scenes you do because i just thought that like God, there's so much for you all to say. And it's so important. Like, I can only imagine the time you were editing all of this down. Um, but um, yeah, this is this is just really, it's, it's kind of nice. I don't know. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, this is a really great puzzle piece to put into your Broadway knowledge puzzle. Like, it's filling in some things that you as a fan or you as someone in the industry might not know or think about the way that, Aaron does or um, uh, Cameron does or like the people, you know, like I'm just thinking people we've had on the show who we 
you know, can't necessarily relate to directly, but we, we hear them um, and we try to amplify those voices through Broad Wasted. So um, putting all those voices together, like Kimberly said, in a visual medium um, where you can see how, I, you could see how tired people, you, it's amazing. Mm. You could see they, they have, the people in this movie, Aaron included, like, haven't worked in X amount of time and the energy and the excitement that they have by dancing in the studio with another person for the first time is palpable. But when they're, when people are talking and sitting down, they're transported back to how tired they are like of the wow. industry and all that. And I think that even, even though the energy is up and it's, I would say this is a very positive film. Like yeah. you could see the, 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 the weariness of, of the ensemble members and, and, yeah. and you can't, I think, yeah, that's a super interesting like, observation. I've never, I, I've never really even thought yeah. about that. There's also like a lot of like excitement, but also just like energy and the rapport of people who have never worked together who have had similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Like talking about like just the same sort of day-to-day, day-to-day that is like across the board. And like how often are ensemble members from many different shows and many different jobs talking about their jobs in a way that's like, Oh, so you too? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's something to be said. And and this is a conversation I love even outside of this movie, but I this movie like highlights it big time. It's like it's show business. Your dream from a little kid is to be on Broadway. You get there and like internally, that's good enough. But also, you are an artist that's providing a service to better a story or better that. Like, what are you worth to it? Are you really going to turn down work because of money and whatnot? Because this is your dream. This is still your dream. You, you're living your dream. Like, that juxtaposition between show and business is yeah. a fascinating conversation that mid-pandemic talking about is e- even more layered and fantastical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love when... Um one person and I, I'm blanking on her name. She's a Moulin Rouge and she just had the baby. Corey Pettinon. Corey. Corey. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love that she basically said that Broadway is the highest level that of our profession. So the fact that we don't have anywhere else to, to go, like this is the pinnacle why is that not matching the pay sometimes too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting to have that conversation of this is the highest level for us to go. So there's nowhere else to go. So you kind of stay in whatever the, the chaos can be. That is the business because this is all that we have, you know? So what can yeah. we do to kind of make this better? Because this is it, you know, there is no other. And I love the conversation about, um, the business aspect of it, of how shows were only running for a couple of months at a time, not year long thing, mm. which I never really realized because again, coming into this fairly new, all I knew were shows like Wicked who had been open since 2004. And so you just think that, oh, you know, musicals, the success is in the long run, you know, even though back then that wasn't necessarily the case. Things are winning Tony Awards, but it's just how the business was, you know, it just the oh, the oh, the turnover, you know, was greater than what it is now. So I thought that was a great mm. conversation of because the business has changed and things are open longer. 
what does that mean for the ensemble and our bodies and the fact that we're still doing a same eight show week, but you're doing it years, years at a time. And then, and then going to the actual business thing, what I've recently been learning just about producing in general is that producers and they're not making their money until after a year of Broadway of a show running. And even then they're just breaking even. And so that's when you have to have all of these tours, all of these out of the country productions that are opening up. And then that's when you're seeing the money. And so now to think that because you have to have a show open for that long, what does that mean for the actor's bodies and their longevity? Because the things, the higher ups have changed the game so that they can profit, but to the expense of the performer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, it's just interesting how, again, because, I mean, Brian, like you said, like, like it's like, <clears throat> there are definitely like chorus line-esque aspects to our, to our film. There's no denying yeah. that. We definitely yeah, but that's, that's organically going to happen. Yeah, 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 of course. You, you get people in a room, like you, that's, that image is going to exist. But what's interesting is that like the, the industry has evolved in a way that the perception of the artist has not. And that's sort of where, like, I mean, James... James Lane talks about it in the, in the film. Like once upon a time we were, we were referred to as the kids and we still are, except that we're not kids. And mm-hmm. I think that comes with the existence of the long running show, the existence of like, I don't remember if you guys remember this, but I think a few years ago um, there was like an article. I think this was pre pandemic where there was an article released about how a woman was in Chicago for long enough that she was, she had a child and raised the child while, and then put that child into college all while she was doing Chicago. Wow. And that sort of longevity doesn't exist. And then like, and the, I heard that story and all that jazz. Get out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, and, 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 and that, that wasn't something that you could even fathom at the, t- at the time. Mm. Like 50, any other industry, ago. that is not a rarity. Yeah. Well, like but then having also a I, job for your kid's entire life is like not a rarity. And I think when everyone took a step back and was on corporate millennial TikTok, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone was like, wait a minute, when do you get raises? When, yeah. what? And that, mm-hmm. That's like, an interesting show. Too. You start a new startup. You're in a startup yeah. every time. Like you're just like, yeah. and so like you get a year in and they finally capitalized and they have like, 
returned their investment. And that's when like any other job, you'd be like, and a raise. Yeah. Right. And Broadway is just like, we just made money. (laughs) But that's also what's interesting because also I've been doing a lot of press for this as well. And what's been cool about it is that like, with various press, and of course, because I'm one of the producers, I've been listening to all the press, whether I'm in it or not. Mm-hmm. And like some of our ensemblists, just the conversation just continued. And I, and if you're listening to this and want to hear more about the conversation, just go look at, look at more of the podcasts across Broadway Podcast Network that we've all done. But mm-hmm. like Sasha Hutchings makes makes a very good point. Who's also a brilliant voice in the room in general, like in any room that she is, but especially in the ensemble room that where she, where when we filmed the, the episode, but we did an episode of the, of the Hamill cast where she brings up also how in that vein, Kimberly, where she, in any other industry, if you've been in the industry long enough, you have a starting salary that reflects the rest of your, in, the reflects the rest of your experience. Yes. That is not something that happens here. If you are auditioning for the ensemble, whether you're like a Broadway debut or like a year in or 10 years in, you're starting at the same salary, mm-hmm. which doesn't really make sense because in a, in a, in a workforce mentality, like, no, you're not hiring me for the position that I'm doing. You're hiring me for the experience that I bring to the position that you want to hire me for. Exactly. But instead, like, yeah. And, and, and that was the, that's such a fascinating because that's not how our industry is built. And that's not how, and it, I go back and forth on what, because it's, it sort of on paper makes sense where you're like, Oh no, you're paying for the ensemble track. But when you're hiring Especially, someone like we said, at the highest level of mm-hmm. this industry, you're hiring the most experienced ensemble. You're hiring, especially if these shows aren't running as long, you're hiring the most experienced swings and understudies that can learn it for you in the two week rehearsal period that mm-hmm. can like right. go on at a moment's notice. Like you're hiring everyone's resume yeah. and yeah. And you're hiring them at what the 22 year old Broadway debut. Except, yeah, except that you're not. And the, exactly. the rest of the resume doesn't, yeah, it doesn't exist yeah. except for yeah. when you're considering them to begin with. Like, yeah. And you kind of have to get lucky that the show has the ensemble moving sets and like to make more money. Right, you for have extra to, pay. Yeah, and you have to get lucky like that, like the type of show you're doing, like this swing or this understudy, this ensemble member can understudy um, somebody else in the show. Also, like if you have who's more experience. Not Jackman, who if he's not in the show, they're just not going to sell the tickets that week. Exactly. Not the to- show. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also the element of like, I guess you have to be a dance captain. I guess you have to like do all these extra things that maybe you get because of seniority or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, but it's a very different scenario than because you're like you said, you're still starting the foundation, but you kind of have to like get one, get lucky and two, like build your own like experience. Adding more workload to yourself in order to make more of a livable wage as you age through the industry mm-hmm. yeah without just like being compensated for your good work throughout the years yeah. but then you're also putting in that extra time so like if yeah. somebody from a corporate mm-hmm. environment is like the director of sales 
and they work their way to that, they're going to be doing the same amount of work. I mean, give or take going to another company and starting from that, you know, they're not adding more time to Taking it. Taking the salary that they had earned yeah. from their previous job. Right. And like, and if they take more time to do stuff, that's on them to prove themselves. They're not being paid extra for that time. Mm. And, and like, realistically, like, the closest we've seen come to anything like bonuses or like commissions is what uh, some of the shows are doing now and giving giving the original cast a percent of gross because they're part of the creative team essentially. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's right. the closest. But that that you, you don't even no. hear about that anymore unless it's a super uber famous show that's like yeah. actually doing well. I mean, and and that's also like an aspect where whether this is actually put forth by the show itself or if it's just the culture around the show and the culture of our industry but like Mm. oftentimes you'll come into like one of the government shows like a wicked or like a lion king or like a hamilton or whatever and you'll enter at minimum or close to minimum and that's but you're okay with that because you know the show's gonna run and so you'll like and and that's sort of the sacrifice that you make because you're like oh no but i know that i'll have this job for an extended period of time and that's also like security is a huge part Mm -hmm. of that but then it also messes you up in terms of like okay well then i am able to like take the less than i'm what i'm quote unquote worth based on the fact that i know that i'll have this job for for a while and again whether we'll have interesting because if you're going on like the film and TV side of things, you never make less than you made the last time. Like as far right. as like a featured mm. role on something like you have your quote, that's what you made for the last movie you made. You will make more on the next one. You will make like for everything, you'll make more on the next TV show because that's what you made the last time. There's not that same level of like, mm. well, in my last contract, I made this, so I will make that. Like, it's not, mm. yeah, I don't know. I think what our what our film does really really well, and yell at me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, because you guys are the viewers, and I am the <laughs> creator. Intimately um, attached. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like I'm biased and star. <laughs> um, but like, I do think it it allows us, and I think Corsling did this as well. But I think because this is more modern, and it it shows today's um or closer to today's industry than that did before but it's like we enter more into the psychology of today's industry and the and the psychology behind the actors that populate it and then within that you see the uniqueness and the nuances of that but also what i think it presents very well is that it's not it's not as unique as the public thinks it is it's also very corporate America in a in, in very specific ways, but also very like universal ways that like, I remember uh, when I was speaking to one of my friends who is not of our world at all, is a very severe muggle. And I was asking him, this is one of the, the first few, um, and I think I've told all of you about this, but like the first few um, non-theater people that I showed just to get feedback and he, and I asked him, I was like, do you need to know what equity is? Do you need to know what a vacation swing is? Do you need to know? He was like, no, you made a film about corporate America. It's just through the lens of theater. Like totally. I get 
I understand all of it. Like, and I was just like, absolutely. Yeah. And I think people have never really put the two together because we're, especially as far as like the actors go Mm -hmm. on Broadway. I think a lot of people have thought of like stage management and producers, like all of the office jobs. Sure. As corporate America, but like there's, there's a steady workforce of corporate dancers. Like, yeah. Because as far well, also, as people are concerned, you're not working, you're playing for a living. Yes, yes that's exactly what I was going to say. It's, it's that aspect of it's Broadway. We don't really say kind of show business and think about business. It's just, this is Broadway and people already think of the job as something that they don't, they think about the finances in a negative way because they already are like, it's so uncertain. You don't know what your next job is going to be. And so people don't really think about climbing the corporate ladder of it in that respect mm-hmm. because it's already thought of as something that is not stable as far as finances. And so it is interesting. It's just the bright lights of Broadway. And I love how, you know, they said in the movie, and we say this all the time, that it's just a, Broadway is just a couple of streets, you know, yeah. but it's, it's the people that make it up. And a lot of the times the business is not thinking about the people as much as it should be. Well, and and yeah, so also, often the, like, again, sorry, the muggles, like they don't associate what we do with what they do because we're their vacation. Like when we, yes. They, yes. they go away from their job and they come see us. Like they yes. don't, like when, whenever I talk to friends or family, and I'm sure you all do the same, when you talk to your about, oh, do you get Christmas off? No, because we're your Christmas. Exactly. No, because yeah. we're your holiday. Like, so yeah. we don't get it off because you need to get it off. And mm-hmm. so, and I think that it's that disconnect unless, smart. and I think that's what, like, hopefully our film sort of bridges or starts to bridge is that, no, we're, we're a workforce for, in a capitalist society, just like you are. Exactly. Yeah. And I think another thing to throw in there is like, they don't think about they while they're not thinking about that. They're not thinking about like, are these people making a flat fee for ensemble work? You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. But also because of how corporate structures work, I would say that I'm, I'm making an assumption. I would say a huge percentage of people assume that everyone in the ensemble wants to be Hugh Jackman wants to like, absolutely. Well, how many times have we all heard somebody say that the extras in that musical were really good? Totally. Oh, I've never heard it in that phrase. I've but. never heard that, but that's amazing. I, literally, somebody told me that the extras in Aladdin were really good. Wow. And I was just like, oh, we don't call them that. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, and, and we do have those people for sure. And they all exist. And all of all of that they just, they've never been in tune to what it is and they know show business as movies and like that's all they get because even the the hoofers if you will that they know they only know them because they became stars yeah. like right. so you know what i mean like oh you know she really broke her back to become you know gwen verdon or she yeah. really broke her back to become like ariana debose like, yeah. like, like, 
that's to- this that's a different trajectory that that specific person wanted or accidentally fell into versus yeah. somebody who's like this is the work i do this is the work i love i love being this part in this kind of an ecosystem and there's nothing wrong with that but i think i think people don't understand what type of ambition you can have if you're not like going up the ladder of what they assume to be a ladder if that yeah. makes sense. And I think this movie really puts that into focus a lot more than yeah. anyone have thought of before in the past. I think it goes back to what Nikisha called out that Corey said of like, Broadway is the pinnacle of the industry. The lead in the show is not the pinnacle of the industry. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they've made it, like everyone in that show has made it to the top. They're to the top tier. Oh, the top tier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just wild to... To think that, like you said, Brian, the masses think that we're in the ensemble because we are quote unquote good enough to be, or we're covers because we're not good enough, which is the conversation that's been happening during the pandemic in general Uh and in the whole, let's appreciate our swings and covers. And, you know, after however many years this has been a thing and mm-hmm. it's just nice to have this film to kind of really bring out the humans that are actually behind this because you know you can get lost in that social media campaign of following the thing yeah, but yeah. this film is really kind of individualizing this thing or putting a face to what the issues are in our industry mm-hmm. and saying look at us who have done all of these wonderful, amazing things in the top tier of our industry. And yet this is how we are treated. This is what people say about us. This is how we are talked about. This is what people think that we are the bottom wheel of this whole machine. Mm. When we are the whole machine, we are the ones that are sustaining this, you know, Mm. the, the people that, the Hugh Jackmans of the world or whoever that come in are the big names. They're not doing this year round. They come in for a specific moment in time for whatever reasons, you know, mm-hmm. and don't under, can't understand the full concept of this is the, our only means of living. This is not just a side thing that we're doing in between. And this is no shade to anyone in general. It's just the reality of it that sometimes the, the stars that come in, this is a side gig in between whatever else that they're doing. Yeah. And for the ensemble, this is, we're making this our livelihood because we, by a small, you know, chance can have this as our living, you know, even though the, the money is small, we can still do this enough to make, somewhat of a living, you know, not the way the economy is going right now, but you know, and that's why we need to have more focus on this. And that's why this movie is great so that you can kind of put things in perspective to know that we, this is our living. So let's try to match what is happening in the world and the economy right now and not have just now equity conversations about rises in in pay, you know? And I also wonder if it's because I just thought of this right now, but it, like, because there is like, um, is it resentment is too strong, but I think there's a, I think a, a big factor of the disconnect is the fact that when we do get to do this for our lives, when we do get to do this for our livelihoods, 
there is an element of you got to accomplish your dream of doing what you love for your life. Not, and I understand that not everybody gets to do that. And a grand majority of people do not get to do that, Mm -hmm. but that is not, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, because I live here. Like that is not a good reason to then take advantage of the workforce and the work ethic because we right. have to be in our a field that that brings us joy and brings us passion and brings us love like that we love yeah. and yeah. pursue. I also think that like the people who are thinking that and who are like sitting you know once twice a year in a Broadway theater they've paid an exorbitant amount of money to like have their vacation on Christmas to see Hamilton like their thing nowhere in their mind they're like everyone's living their dreams and in their minds they're like and I paid so much money surely they're all doing fine right so like the conversation of like not so much yeah right I mean we're doing not a direct line people yeah 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 Yeah. and like yeah I'm just also thinking now just like the concept of and this I think is more a generational thing as much as it is a Broadway thing of being a jack of all trades, a multi-hyphenate of like doing many things, having a side hustle, having this like needing to do multiple things to live is not just a Broadway thing. Like a lot of people are like, I work a corporate job and I drive DoorDash or like all like, it's very much a conversation right now among people our age and younger. Um, But you shouldn't have to. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you're at the highest level of a certain thing, you should be able to just be on Broadway. And kind of something we didn't even talk about at all that you do talk about the movie is just like that creative fire. Like, like it's not just about going in, doing your job. Like it is, but it's also like the creativity is on a whole different level in terms of like how, if you book Phantom of the Opera and you've been in Phantom for like X amount of time or years or whatever it is, like, Sure, you're singing. Sure, you're dancing. But like, you also have to supplement not just the money, but the emotional, like creative juices that you have deep inside of your bones, which is why you even did this in the first place. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother layer to this existential conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there's no other I'm trying to think of other jobs where everything would be exactly the same every day a yeah. factory a factory Little yes like you're right a, yes a but, fact, but like not even but not but the majority of the workforce you're not doing the exact same thing every day there are other variables to consider yes. I, I would even go a step further than that Nikisha. i would say i can't think of another um career or job where not only are you doing the same thing every day but you're telling like the same uh, emotional story every day so like not only are you doing the literal same thing like in a factory like you know you know putting chocolates and i think you lucy but But like you're also happy and then (laughs) sad and then happy and then sad yeah like like you're actually going through these emotions but also telling a story that like 
that the narrative can can do a lot of things to you that you're telling the same story over and over again mm-hmm. unless it's like brechtian built in like hades town or oh, something like that i keep thinking about what my dad said about hades town <laughs> oh i got goosebumps i thought about it too so i had dinner with kimberly say? last week and kimberly's dad was like it's the it's the most astute i'll let her say it but i wanted i just want to say it's the most astute um uh kind of like breakdown of what Hades town is and and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to her my dad was just like well the beauty of it is you don't know if you're seeing the 10th time they told this story or the 10,000th time they've told this story but each time they just get a little bit closer to fixing it nice and I was just like goosebumps have you been goosebumps and then he was like can you can you pass the brisket (laughs) that's heavy man it was really good Yeah, that was great. Like, did not notice, but like, it's so true that like, on any that's why that's any Broadway theater, you don't know what number time any Mm -hmm. single person in the cast is on. Yeah, that's why that show's great. But also, that's not the fact that that show's great does not is not a good reason to like pay your people less. No, right. In fact, yeah, (laughs) like because like because yeah, because oftentimes it can be like, well, you're in a great show, so like you should be grateful for. Which we are. That's, I mean, that's yes. besides the point. But like, and it's rewarding. Katie is and a like, perfect example. Yeah. Your job <laughs> can be like emotionally rewarding and also yeah. let you take a cab home every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trying to fill that kind of creative void is important too, because you are kind of doing the same thing. And I do like the conversation that comes about with, can I be the person that's in this show, but working on another show and choreographing another show? Is there a world where I can exist in all of those things and not be tied down to one specific contract? And I think that's also something that I never really thought of. And that was interesting to think that you can kind of be involved in, in other things and that's okay. It's not that you're just contractually, uh, obligated to one specific thing, which I think is something that does need yeah. to kind of change because after being in a show for, if you're lucky enough to be in a show for five, six, seven years, the same show, uh-huh. you know, I'm sure there'll be other things that you would want to do to fulfill yourself creatively. So why not be able to also be contracted to do something else that you can kind of play off both of those things and have your quote unquote nine to five, doing this show, but also doing something else. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a question. Um, Nikisha, what did you learn from this movie? As somebody who's been in ensembles and, and is in the industry, like, what did you learn from this movie? So, everything. <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> I mean, because like I said earlier, as someone, I am very green and very new to a lot of things. And so there are just some perspectives and opinions of things and realities of things that was nice to just hear out of other people's mouths because I've never had, I have, I've not made my Broadway debut as of yet, maybe hopefully soon one day, but watching these people who have been doing this specifically for years, it was nice to get an idea of 
kind of how they got there and where they're trying to go and things that they would like to change about the industry. And I love the conversation that was brought up of Aaron specifically talking about being so baked into the system that he doesn't know if he is the type, is the person that will lead the charge. Of course, someone that wants to help in the charge, but it was, it was nice watching it with some other people who in Hamilton, who that's their first show ever to Mm. kind of have that, light bulb in their head of, oh, I can be that person that's advocating for this. And I can try and be that person that leads mm-hmm. the charge to uh, change things because we are still new to this and we can be a voice uh, that can open up so many other uh, doors for people. And it was nice to see how much this is needed, the conversations, mm-hmm. because we don't talk about this enough. We don't talk about money enough. We don't talk about the industry and the business enough. Everything is just so secretive. And like Corey said, everything is so kind of Illuminati esque (laughs) that Mm -hmm. you don't ask questions. You just go in and you do your job and you go home and then wonder, you know, why everything is so chaotic. Um, So yeah, I I learned a a lot uh, from this, mostly just how the business works, how people are operating in the business and what things need to change. And I, I agree with the things that need to be changed. Sure. And Aaron, what did you, what, what's the number one thing you learned while making this? Um, I mean, as a producer, a lot, quite a bit, sure. quite a, quite a, quite a bit as an ensemblist in, in the room with everybody. Um, it was, I mean, we're sort of related to Nikisha and it just, it's fascinating. It's, it's the, I didn't realize how valuable having the multi-generation, multi-generations in the room was mm-hmm. until, I mean, I knew it would be like, yeah, I, like yeah. we, we obviously like prioritized that and was like, we need lots of different people and different, like the old guard, the new guard, blah, blah, blah. blah. But like, it was, it, it's the aspect of watching the room really listen to each other and sort of like taking in everybody's experience and sort of placing it next to my own. And again, it's, it's, it's that weird sort of like, if I may be so bold, like I feel like those of us who've been around know we've been around know that the people in the room know we've been around. Like, it's been very, like, I love all of those people, but like also at the same time, like the mutual respect amongst the room was there while still acknowledging that like our experiences are different and I, we can all learn from each other. And there's no one way to do this. There's no like, look at me, I mastered this. There's no like, and Again, it's that it's that aspect of I. There are aspects of, of of that sentiment where I do still feel like I'm baked into the business, and that's why I need friends that I trust that are younger than I am to be like, no, that's not the way this has to go. No, that's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, like I mean, like a perfect example, and I remember us thinking about this. Uh, I think Mo and I had this conversation where we were like talking about like who is in the room, who who do we and. I think he brought this up and I, and, and it's been haunting me to this day because <laughs> how do we change this sort of narrative as well um, in the industry? Because as ensemblists, and this is like in, in, inside of the culture as well, we 
we place value on the number of Broadway shows we do. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether you've been in Wicked for 10 years, whether you've been in Lion King for 20 years, but like there's fascinating. Why does the time like why does the time in one show not like still only like 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 somehow diminish whether you like somehow somehow is is looked at as less than than someone who's been in five shows in five years like so you're saying so you're saying just to just to clarify you're yeah. saying that someone who's been in wicked for 10 years versus somebody who has done 15 shows in 10 years the 15 show person is looked on higher than the person who did wicked for 10 years um with consistent work and all of that Correct. And, and that's something that happens. And all of us. But also for so long in college, when you're right out of college, your credits are. But it's important. Because they get you the next job. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's and something. that's an industry based on the next job. And it's, and, and it's something that we still feel like. We still struggle. Mm-hmm. Like the legacy rope is a thing that we have. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is looked at with high praise as someone who has won it. Like it's so like. And that's just one of the many, like, internal. Well, can I start oh. something where, like, five years into a run, I go and give it, like, the person who's been there the longest an apron? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, but but it's, a, it's a fascinating way of looking at our industry where it's just, like, how are we, val- like, how are we valuing the people who've been here? And it's placed up against the tried and true, quote, unquote, like, metrics of how we've judged this in the past and as a as a person who has been raised on the ways we judge this in the past like having more like people challenge that and ideas challenge that and think and ways of thinking that challenge that has been super valuable to me in just the past like two years since the shutdown yeah. It's a, like a mindset shift and an empathy shift mm-hmm. that I think mm-hmm. is very important. And I think that was like my main takeaway from your movie too, is that like, it's just like the way you feel empathy for people has like cha- shifted a little bit um, after watching that. Cause I'm just like, Oh, and it's, I have no coherent thoughts at the moment, but that's how yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, because now I'm going to go to musicals and just feel bad for the ensemble. No, I'm, I'm, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Ryan, what like, about you? How did like how did how did this this shift your, your perspective, or what did you learn from this? Um, I I learned a lot. Um, we honestly on Broadwaysted on a lot of these things. We talk about this stuff as like numbers and like theories and stuff like that. Like, should there be an ensemble, Tony? Like, uh, <laughs> like, should there be a this? Should like they oh, that's crazy that they get paid. Like they, they, they. It was so nice to watch the empathetic side of people talk about this and the people who are in it. To Nikisha already said my favorite part of this was actually your line, which just to repeat it because I love it so much. Like I'm in the bubble. I'm in the world. Like I have a hard time. Like I can, am I the right person separating? Like we, I mean, the, the, the amount of movies and things that I watch now that are just like, well, this person, 
lives in this bubble and they can't see it or the election. Like if you're living in your social media bubble yeah. or you're this bubble, you can't see outside of that. I thought this was fascinating, especially because of the generations and, and watching the people who are experiencing this talk about it versus us who are as much as like we are on the outside. We are not on Broadway. We are not making these paychecks. We are not going through this on the day to day. Watch those people talk about it in a more thoughtful and, and sympathetic, empathetic way, just like was really powerful in general. And I think that the frustration matched what I think the movie does exceptionally well is the frustration of everybody in this movie paired with the just like creative release that everyone gets when they're dancing is really powerful. Um, and I thought that like that in that dance space, in that studio, you have the same people doing two different things with two very different feelings um, and, and, and tone throughout all of it. And I thought that was fascinating because what we see is that first one. They're dancers. The dancer dances. What I did for love. All of that. Because let's face it, A Chorus Line does not talk about money at all. Like very little. Like it's just about getting the job. To me, this is like, Oh, like, yeah, Chorus Line is a dancer dances and we have feel for these people because this is their dream. And honestly, I think a Chorus Line, now that I, after watching it, I think a Chorus Line really skewed our perspective of things as as wonderful as it is. Like, it yeah. doesn't get it, it, it doesn't get into the business side. It's still about the show yeah. side. Like, and it's still what I did the for narrative love. a little bit of that, like, <laughs> yeah. what I did for those paychecks. better than just the ensemble. She's better. Like it still pushes that yes. narrative of like she's yes. trying to move totally. on from this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that that's kind of what I took from it, and um, and uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of it because I I mean I just love watching people talk about stuff that isn't really talked about that much, and not in a controversial yeah. way, but like you know like I, like I just didn't just like a hey like we're just gonna watch them talk about, it. and I think it's edited to bring out the 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 best parts of it, if that makes sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really, I think you guys did an incredibly, you know, whom, whomever worked on this and deserves the credit deserves that credit a hundred percent of the, because they just, it's just really great. And, um, I'm really happy that you could, uh, make producing your side hustle. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm really proud of you that you put this out there. Um, and I really hope everyone gives it a chance um, because it's definitely worth it. Um, we really enjoyed it. Um, and so now instead of Kevin's corner, we're going to do Nikisha's nook. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Unless you want to make one up on the spot, go for it. Oh my gosh. No, I am not. Going <laughs> I know what my bags are. You tell me what to do. I do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's good. But we, we, we can add that to the other podcast though, Brian. Nikisha's oh, nook. that is good. Yeah. Yeah. We can do a Nikisha's nook. That's great. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nikisha's nefarious more. nook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Listen to talking horror uh, with Jamie and Nikisha. We talk about horror. Um, <laughs> and uh yeah um but uh yeah thank you thank you for joining us this was an awesome conversation Aaron, can you remind us again where we can find ensemble absolutely it is uh on the, the film ensemble it is on broadway on demand um it is uh, available for uh ten dollars uh with a service fee of two um uh for a 48-hour rental there's also an additional um uh 
post conversation called ensemble in conversation where you get to uh meet some of the uh creative team here are some uh it's hosted by laura haywood um who's i think was a yeah. Broadway girl in my Broadway girl, yeah. Broadway girl in my seat. She uh, she interviews some of the some of the cast, some of the creative cool. team, um, it, and it just continues the conversation. It's an ensemble and conversation, also on Broadway on demand, um, and you can find it there. And if you want to follow it on uh, any social medias, it is uh, we are on Instagram at uh, at Ensemble Film Official. I believe we are also on TikTok as well as YouTube and Facebook. Yes. Perfect. Fantastic. Um, definitely check it out. Listen, I know that Aaron is our very good friend. I know that we've had a lot of people on the show that are before they were in this, after being in this, but like, this is really important stuff. It really fills in some things. And and even though Aaron is our friend, like we would suggest this outside of us being directly related to it, because this is what we've been doing for six years, putting these voices out there, trying to make people understand. I mean, not as much as like a Mo, but like putting those voices out there. And, you know, there's a reason that we don't just like book like specific we like we 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 want we want this is a broadway podcast and broadway is not just the 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 huge the only example we have yeah the only example we will use is hugh jackman yeah so my point Um, is check it out yes if you are new to the business if you are a student entering this business if you are thinking of entering this business a must watch yes um, so yeah, thank you so much, the two of you. You know, our quote today is what I did for Bucks, what I did for Bucks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh on that note, uh go see uh go see the Philip Tour of Hamilton. Uh to see those ensemble members. Uh we, we, anytime that Nikisha is in something, you will know first here because we will be promoting the hell out of it. Um Yay. just like you know, for right now, talking horror, and there's some really cool things that you can see her in in the future um so um we're super pumped for for how talented she is and that career and then aaron's uh you know aaron's been in a hundred broadway shows and that's exactly then one person in chicago for putting yes, you know, that resume right <laughs> um, aaron's like this the you know if we're talking tiers top tiers like ceo cfo level of broadway <laughs> basically He's the most um, famous friend I have. Just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, check it out. Um, you, you, again, you can follow us at Broadwasted uh, on all social media. Um, you can find us as we're a podcast. So you can find us on podcasts um, on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. Five stars, please. Uh, and then are you afraid of the darking over there? Yeah. <laughs> Submitted for the approval of the Broadwasted <laughs> Society. I bring to you the ghost of ensembles. Uh, Well, actually, you can only know what I'm talking about if you're on Patreon watching this video. Watching this video. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a plug for Patreon. Um, But again, thank you both so much. We always enjoy you here. We love your voices. And uh, we really thank you for joining us. So we raise a glass and we say, Cheers. Cheers.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.